0: Good morning. It's funny, sometimes like John, I just say morning because it's morning. (laughs) I'm not yet awake. (laughs) So John refers to this building, right? And I've always tried to figure out one time, I think I gave a prophetic word, like, you know, when you're in the flow, you're just like, you know, going for it and you're just calling forth as you're seeing it. And I said these buildings and then it was not going to be like one building. It was going to be multiple buildings and possibly multiple campuses. And, you know, when you're sitting here and you're thinking of that in the natural, you don't know. But suddenly, as he said building, I had a conversation last week with a friend of mine who is part of a Brazilian church in Orlando. He said in... You know where Disney is? Well, I forgot what that place is called, but that Universal, that part of town, okay? They got a facility come to them and say, hey, we, we need one and a half million dollars. This facility, you have to redo everything, right? And But all these Brazilian guys and all are like, super construction skilled and everything. So they said, that's not the problem. Getting the one and a half million dollars, but it has to be done in a couple of days. So they go, is like, how are we going to do this? They sent a text out to the entire church, okay? 50% of the <laughs> property price was raised in six hours to buy that property. They said in 30 days, we had the whole amount, okay? I, I have news for you. When you think, it's like, how is this going to happen? That's God. In six hours, no, you, know, you can call it social media, there was no, like, pumping and, like, saying, oh, we're going to do this. And, you know, I, I like to see, like, you know, when we give offertory that the screen goes up and, like, celebration and, you know, like, crypto. Throw people just throw their coins and a ching chiching, chiching, ching. I, I really, if I could build an app, I would build an app because I, I think watching that creates more celebration in the room and creates more, like, you know, joy that people give. Right, Otherwise, we are told to just give, like, mm-hmm, just slide it and walk away. I, th- I don't think that's scriptural. Because if Jesus watched the lady giving him the two mites, he was watching. It was not like, and when you're sowing, you're telling what you're sowing. You're saying, hey, this is my tithe. This is my offering. You're calling it. There is w- what we basically sometimes have missed is we have taken that one scripture, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing, and we basically mixed it, and then we have put a little fake humility on it and hidden it well, so we basically don't talk about, hey, I'm here because I'm celebrating that I'm sowing. If for what dreams you have, okay, I'll tell you something. If for what dreams you have, you do not have the entire whatever you need, okay, then what you have in your hand is the seed for that dream to come through. You see, what we have done is we have taken that little seed and we have said, now seed, let me fan the flame on that seed, instead of taking that seed and saying, hey God, whatever I sow is not going to go out of my life. It, has come back, it is going to come back to my life, pressed down, running together and overflowing. See, we, we have to have that kind of an idea. So. Last week, I don't know if many of you all were here, but Alan, when he was uh, worshiping, he said that 2022 is a year of faith. Do you remember? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't go back to listen to it, but I just caught it in my heart and I just said, hey. So I believe very strongly. And why I'm saying this, because why am I telling you about that building, right? Have you ever heard in six, six hours by text only a church responding with half the money? Okay. That's it. So that I want you to break that ceiling that you have of your faith to understand that God really wants to blow your mind this year. He is that good, the same God who we are saying is good, he is that good that he just wants to say, hey, if you believe me, just believe me at my word, and I'll make all things possible. That's, who's, that's his calling card. All things are possible in him, through him, and with him. You see? so So I basically... So I I just pulled three stories like this. (laughs) Another preacher recently told a story. They were trying to build a building. And I don't know why I'm saying buildings, okay? I'm just on this right now. (laughs) It's just just right now. And so they went and they sat down, you know, and they were trying to figure out, you know, because everybody's trying to figure out how much money we're going to have, what we're going to do, you know. And they were just too fed up at the end of it. You know. They just got into their car and they drove off. As they drove off, they're like, man, I wish we'd get a, uh, what? They wanted fries, you know? So suddenly a crow came and dropped a packet of fries on the dash of the car in the middle of where they are driving, okay? And as they basically, said, the guy who was driving with him said, now I wish we had ketchup. And the next crow comes and drops ketchup. And then suddenly this guy, it hits him. Is like if God is hearing your prayers that much, he stopped the car in the middle of the freeway, pulled out to it like, you know, and he just fell on his face. He said, God, I believe. I believe. And I like mayo too. So I was like, so I pushed it a little more. I said, fries, ketchup, and mayo. That sounds awesome. You know, and then if you want, like how Dan basically showed, what did you show? Some ketchup recently, a sriracha ketchup or something, spicy ketchup or something. I was like, hey. you know. So, but I, I just want you to think like that. I want you to come into that frame of mind in agreement with the spirit of God, that basically that God is thinking even of those one dollar whatever fries you're thinking of, that He's not only wanting to give you that, but He wants to give you the ketchup even the mayo, even whatever you need. God is that good, you see? So so since we have a lot of CFNI students over here, right, I'll give you a CFNI story also. There's a guy, I think he came from Russia, and he went to school at CFNI, right? And his heart was, I want to become a pastor. I want to go raise churches up back in Russia, or wherever Uzbekistan, one of those stands he was from, and he basically, you know, sat there and God told him, he "Was like, hey, go study to do this blockchain stuff." You know what blockchain is—the new whatever internet they're building, you know. And so he basically said, "Okay," and he started studying for doing that. And though he graduated from CFNI, in a year or so, the guy became a millionaire. Okay, he today basically is raising up churches. In all the Russia, Eastern Europe, like, because he has the finances able to do that. When you think that God is limited by how much what you studied and what you have done and all that you know, I have news for you that God can, if you listen to the voice of God, that God is able to guide you to make changes and take you to your destiny faster and better than you can even dream and imagine. You See, think of it. He was a Bible college student, you know. And then they basically, he he wanted to be poor. He wanted to be like, hey, you know, I'll go, I'll work the ground, I'll do this. But God said, hey, no, go do this. And from that, you shall finance the kingdom. So sometimes we need to have a change of even how our mentality is, what we're thinking, and how we walk about it. Go to 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and passion, if you don't mind. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, and yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. So even though I'm telling you that, hey, 2022, the year of faith, I have news for you is like, hey, love is the most important thing, and let it be the prize that what you run after, why you run. Others, what happens is in the works of faith, 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 All that becomes crunchy. It just becomes crunchy. It doesn't have the sauce. It doesn't have the moisture of heaven. It doesn't have the dew, the anointing. You see, all we do is we're doing, 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 and then we get tired. You see, these last two years have been very difficult, right? Because when we were given the promise, 2022 is a year of perfect vision. We're going to see things. It's going to be blessing and all that. And boom, in the middle, all that, everything went crazy. And I blended basically two years in, you know, as one year. To me, those two years are same like one year. It's a package deal, two for one kind of deal. It's like it happened. The first, first year was basically a sabbatical for me. The second year, something happened, and now we're back to the new year. So I don't know. It's like all I remember is like I was supposed to go off, finish drilling, then take a vacation, and then COVID happened. And then everything just stayed and remained the same. Yeah. So in all this, I have to tell you is that God wants you to run with love in your heart. What has happened, two things that we have got hit by is our faith and our love. You see, and the, the beauty of what God or how God wants to communicate this to you this morning is that I felt this very strongly and that's all I have, Okay your faith, right? If you don't have faith and you felt like, hmm, he let me down. All these promises were broken. I was supposed to have this, this, this. It's all what you have planned, right? And then the love part of it. Because the love part of it is like, yeah, I'm going to church, but you know, my love has become a little less. See? To, to me, okay, and I'll tell you this, is that love, if your love has grown cold, you need to repent and you need to come back to your first love. It, it is very biblical. It's not that God is basically saying, okay, I'm going to burn you, I'm going to do this to you. No, 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 no. God is making a way for us right now. To be very plain and clear in our hearts is like, hey, God, I was disappointed. My faith level is low because God wants to restore your faith. Same thing with your love. If you think that your love has come down to a level where you're like, I'm not sure, God, I really trust your love. He wants you to know that, hey, my love for you, and I'll give you examples of how His love and how he wants to show you, but he wants you to up that. So this morning, the first thing I want to do is basically us come to him and be just transparent and open to God and say, God, my faith level is hit or it's low or my love level is low and I need a fresh touch of your love. That's, that's all. We have to come to that place for everything else to unfold in our lives, to be realist in that sense and say, hey, God, this is who I am. Like, I felt disappointed. i seen people die. I do not know whether, like, our dreams, you know know what's crazy? I took a job in 2014. So when they played that song, that goodness, right? I took a job in 2014. I had dreams where my dream was basically because I just got a Big raise in salary, okay? you got to understand this. I was ready to buy a house, pay off the house in this much, come up with business ideas in so many days, and so much time I was supposed to. I was dreaming, hey, that Cyrus Anointing was on my life and is on my life, and I was dreaming with it, and I was going for it, okay? And then suddenly, one year later, I lost my job. I lost my job, and then automatically, a, what? I, I had the stroke, I had the stroke, and then I was told that I had cancer. And then I had no medical insurance, and I had all this debt, and I had all these things. In the midst of all this, now you watch, where is God? God, my heart, I, it hurt, it, you know? And, and you're like saying, no, God, I'm still pushing on. I'm still pushing on, right? I, I, example I'll give you. You know when the disciples brought Jesus in on the donkey and they sang hallelujah, greatest hallelujah, right? You know, we sang a song right today, hallelujah. They basically were celebrating the king with the vision that they had that, hey, this man, we are following him, and he's going to bring us into the kingdom, and we are going to rule and reign with him. Those same people, when Jesus was falling down, was beaten by the Romans, paraded to, literally through the whole entire town, his beard gone, nothing good to look at. They, their dreams were crushed. People make dreams based on who they think they're following and all that. Okay, in that gathering, in that procession, they're watching the man who they thought was, the, or who is, the, or was their hero. There are always choices we make, even at that point, and said that, hey, that's it. All the dreams that we had in this man. Are done. There's nothing else. Nothing else that is going to happen. He's going to the cross and there he hung and they just said, okay, now we're either going to run away or do whatever we want to and they just went away. But at that cross, when you think death has come over your dreams, your vision, your vision boards, that's the cool one I got this year. I was like, vision boards, I was like, and it has just got crushed. God wants you to know that there is something he's still able to do. At that cross, where suddenly everything which was supposed to die and died, God basically brought it back to life and said, Hey, now you have no limit. You see, the power of the cross is that there is no limit over your life. The power of the cross is what you want to dream. It may not look like what you dreamt before, But it has the seed that died because Jesus died for us. And it basically gives us life to dream again, to be joyful again, to be able to smell the roses again, to be able to say, hey, I'm going to travel again with or without shots or what I don't care, but I'm going to travel again. Right. I'm going to celebrate again. Me and my closest 2,500 friends celebrated this week, I mean, New Year's Eve. I don't know what you all did. But 2,500 of my closest friends, we all celebrated, we loved on Jesus, and we had a great party. Okay? So now I don't know how, what to tell y'all. It's like, this is where basically we have to, our faith has to basically allow us to be free in the spirit, to walk in the things of God, not limited by what we do and how we do things, because others tell us. Like the song said, it's like, they told us a picture of Jesus. They told us what he looked like until I met him. And then my heart burned. And it burned and it burned that I fell in love with him again and again. That's how we have to have a picture of who Jesus is for us. Not a story somebody else told me. Not my grandma told me this. Not they told me that. They told me it's like, oh, there was this man. No, have you seen that beautiful man, Jesus? Have you seen that beautiful man? I, this this end of this last year was crazy. I had just had, like, encounters after encounters with God, right? In this one encounter, I'm submerged under the ice. Like, literally, there's, like, you know, what do you, what do you want to call it? Permafrost or whatever you want to call it. Under ice, I'm sunk. All I, ca- I have is, like, literally a peephole to see above the ice. And I can see clearly to that. Things are happening, people are moving and going and all, but I am submerged and nobody cares. When you think that nobody cares for you, there is one person, his name is Jesus. He still cares for you. And literally from that, I just looked at the man who basically was walking onto the cross. And all I seen was he looked at me. That man, Jesus, cared even when he was in his highest pain, was caring for that I was in the tomb, that I was dead, that I had no hope, that nobody was going to rescue me. And he looked at me, and we just connected gaze. That's all. That's all. There was nothing else. He just looked at me. That one look just broke and made me just be, oh, God, you love me so much. Where is depression in that point? Who is depression? When that one man Jesus will look at you, your depression will go. Everything that you think that you are cannot get up from, you cannot rise up from, you're crippled or whatever, God will just look at you and he say, stand up, arise, take up your bed and follow me. Jesus is able to do that. Just one look. So this morning, it's like that. The love of God is so real that even though he wants you to have faith for this journey ahead, he wants you to run with the love of God that is the beautiful price. That is the price. You see, we are trying to tell people, it's like, you have to achieve this status, silver status, gold status, platinum status. The main status is, do you have love? Are you able to just run with that love of God that he's poured in your heart? See, until we don't encounter that love, it's very difficult for us to do. We'll be doing crunchy works. We'll be putting up buildings. We'll be putting up, you know, all these altars and all that. And we're doing good stuff, right? But it will be just crunchy because we need that love. We need that genuine love of God. Our love needs an upgrade. This is what I put. Our faith is hit. Our love does need an upgrade. So you have to be very, you don't have to hide behind masks. You know, for the longest time, we have allowed people to hide behind masks and say, hey, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We have to be ready to say, hey, no, I need this love of God. I need this love encounter with God. I need that my faith arise where I'm able to dream and able to believe that, God, you are going to raise the dead. You see, others, what we have done, we have created our vision, our dream board, and we have just said, this is it. And now suddenly just everything crushes it. And now what? Are you able to dream with that? See, we have to have that ability. And this is only by the Spirit of God. If you try it on your own, you're going to basically disappoint yourself because the Spirit of God is not breathing life into it. We need the Spirit of God to come and just breathe life. (sighs) Dream again. Believe again. Stand up. You see, most times is when we fall down, why we don't get up again? It's because we're done. We think, nah, what use is that? We've fallen down. We can't do anything now. But God wants you to know that that. He wants you to rise again. Go to Exodus 33, 13. Does this make sense where I'm going? Right? It doesn't feel like I'm going to build you, like, and pump you up and say, hey, 2022, we're going to do all this. Because each of you have a purpose in life. That's not a hidden thing from you. It is the truth. You have to know this. But the purpose of your life has to basically be run with the power of God's love. You see, the power of the cross. In the power of the cross, why why did I basically preach and come to the cross? Because in the cross, there is the power of glory. That glory that raised Jesus from the dead, that abides in you, is in the cross. At the cross, that was basically what the enemy didn't want you to see. And the minute you were able to see that, every veil was broken. Everything was taken off. Everything. That's why that veil in the temple was cut open. That you may encounter the unlimitless glory of God. That you may encounter the unlimitless love of God. You see, otherwise, everything that we'll study and this thing, we'll understand it with our finite mind. But in the spirit, we are spirit kids. We are children of God. The spirit of God abides in us. And that's how we basically breathe. So in, why, why I say crunchy, right? Mm. Mm. Do you like that word crunchy? I heard it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> you know, It's like because all our works are like crunchy. But I thought of the fries, really. And that's why I, le- I stayed with that. But we need to be a living sacrifice, right? What would a living sacrifice look like? If I was just a stick, I would be crunchy, and then I would be burning, and I would have that limit. But in that living sacrifice, there's a breath. We are moving. We are like flame. We, we have an interaction with God, and God's wind blows, and he says... Phew. And then we blow in this way and we light brighter. I have news for you that what you think is just even a small flame. God wants to ignite you to a greater blue flame. There's a greater level of holiness that is going to come. And it has to capture your heart. It has to capture your heart because of, your, of our own self-discipline, we know how many people went to the gym this week. And we know how many people won't go next week. And, you know, we, we know that story. But by the Spirit of God you are able to burn blue holy unto the Lord. You are able because of His Spirit, not because of who we are, not because of what we can do. Everything that you thought that was not possible in the Spirit is able. We, we, we you know, they say buffet yourself with, whatever, because of self-discipline, may it be pleasing unto God. That's fine. But hey, some things you basically have to really rely on God for that. Exodus 33.3, 3. sorry, 33.13, go up to a land flowing, okay, go go back to that one, so at least I have something good I told people, <laughs> go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff necked people, <laughs> Didn't didn't turn out the way I liked it. We should have gone to the no No, but but there's a truth in that. There's a truth in that. See, go up. God God is giving you the blessing. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. You know, most Christians will basically take that and settle at that. They will say, hey, we're going into the prosperity. We don't care. Now what? We were blessed because we were Christians and we came into the land of prosperity. That was our promise. But what they missed, for I will not go up in your midst. <laughs> and, and they'll live their lives for eternity, and they'll say they were blessed, but there was no God in their midst, and so they, they, therefore they were never burnt by the fire because they did what they wanted. God was not there. But they call themselves Christian. Huh. Think of it. There, there's time where we basically look at that and go like... Man, God, I really wished I had that milk and honey. But alas, go to the next, which is the better one, really. In this year, our prayer, verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I might know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. I use the Amplified in this, become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, recognizing and understanding your ways more clearly. What we have done in this is that we have said, okay, God, we're understanding your ways, we know your ways and all, but the more clearly. You see, what has happened, our vision has to become more refined, has to become more sharper, has to say, hey, God, we need to know you more clearly. When... Things don't go your way. This is the news I have for you. When the disciples and all thought their dreams were being crushed, Jesus was on the cross, they went into hiding. What we have is all that his name, that we trust in his goodness. You see? What, what people have done is basically, hey, there is no blessing, there is nothing, there is nothing, so I guess we are done. Why this person didn't get... Uh, healed why this person didn't get saved or why this didn't go my way sometimes those things don't happen but in all that our job is to trust his goodness and his mercy so when you go to the next verse in that and he said my presence will go with you and i'll give you rest go down to 18 I think. and this is so he does all the part moses does all this part he asks for the people all this is like, you know, if your presence don't go with us, what will people say? What, they will not, we are known by your name, and if you're not there, it's okay. But Moses' heart is at this point. He's saying, Lord, show me your glory. You see? And 19, and then he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Okay? First part, I will make all of my goodness How much goodness do you need in your life? All of heaven's goodness will go before you. This is your promise. When you are searching for things of God, right? We say it's like, what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all the rest will be added unto you. This is Old Testament. That is New Testament. He says, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. That is key. What is the name of the Lord that he wants to proclaim over your life this year? This year. This is what you have to inquire. God, what name do you want to proclaim over my life this year? Think of it. Yeah? What name would you think? Healer? Yahweh? jehovah Jairah? My provider? Come on. What, what, what is the name God has in his heart? You, you know, it's very funny, because I, I switched this with God also, and I asked God, God, what do you want me to proclaim this year? You see, because I am a very hard preacher. If, you have, if you're not a God of God, just of it, it's like, I was like, God, what do you want me to preach? He's like, can you convey my love? I was like, all right, that means that's what I'm working on. Right, Because to me, like how are we just read by mistake, it's like you stiff-necked people, it's like, now how do I make it better? Hey, the goodness of God will go before you. I want you to know that, but that's what God wants me to be. So who does he want to be to you this year? What are you looking for? Or what does he want you to have a revelation of? Because we get limited by because we have these five-year plans and ten-year plans. I have news for you. They sometimes don't work. Right? Be ready to lay them down and say, God, it's better they die that what you have for me arise and that I may fully replicate your glory. I may reflect your glory in everything that I do. You see, we, we have that choice. It's a choice really to me. Hmm. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now that is challenging to many Christians because they want to be the vindicator and they want to be the judge and they want to be that. Would that challenge you? Can you love people the way that God loves you? Be compassionate to who he is compassionate to. Be loving and kind to who he wants you to be called loving and kind. What we do is we sow into our lives the very same way that we want to receive. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. Okay, why I want you to see this scripture. This is my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. Okay, show me your glory is this is who I am. Okay, the way, if is there anything, I don't care. I don't. This thing is like God. Show me your face. Show me your glory. Show me your face. I want that. That's all I live for. Okay, in this, there is a stupidity that Moses has, because there is a precedence that nobody has ever seen the face of God and lived. Right, and still he's asking for this dumb thing. You know this is going to burn you. You know this is going to destroy you if you look at God's face. But in this, what caught my heart was, hey, God is so good. He made a way for Moses, even with your dumbness, with your stupidity of how you ask, because your heart is pure, right? When you are seeking God with the pureness, God's not trying to say, uh, I'm going to disqualify you. No, 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 you don't count. His goodness Because that who his name is, he's proclaiming over your life. I'm a good father. I'm a good God. He wants you to know that part of it, that he will make a way. So what does he do? He says, hey, there is still a way. I have a leeway. I will. You know, when even Abraham was trying to do this thing, saying God, when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he basically bargained with God, right? He said, God, what if there are only 10 men now? If, you, if I read the story enough times, right, I would go like, hmm, 10. Let's see how much I can push this. And I would try to push it a little more. I'd maybe settle at five, you know, But then, because you're expecting at least there are five good people in this country, right? What if right now in our country we basically are looking for five good people and we basically are like, God, what if there's only one? What if there was only one person? Would you forgive our nation? right? We have to come to that understanding is like, God will make a way irrespective of what we think or what we limit ourselves to, even in our intercession. Our intercession is key for our country, for the world, for what God has. And intercession has to look like what it looks to Him, not what we feel we want intercession to be. Right? Can can I explain this better? Yeah. I I have time. So intercession to me is like whatever's on the heart of God is what you decide to pray. Sometimes what we come in with, we come in with our prayers and we give it the name intercession and we put it back and we say, this is what God wants. No, no, no. Sometimes what's burning on God's heart, I have to just connect to that point and say, okay, God, today morning, what are you praying for? It's like, you know, So and, and with that, I'm able to release what is on his heart? I'm not just holding on. And then what happens is when you're holding on to your own prayers, then you get dejected, then you get disappointed because they're not answered, and then you start, "Oh, I was doing intercession, and I have no idea why this never got answered." There's a guy many years ago I met. His name was Zachariah Formum. He was a professor at Cameroon Yawunda University. He was a man of prayer. That man. I think he didn't even iron his clothes or whatever, but he prayed. He prayed day and night. He slept, what, maybe an hour or two. That That's what, what he was known for. Now you've got to understand is when you're saved and you suddenly meet a man who's basically living that lifestyle, you're like, whoa, I need to be a man of prayer, right? But then you're like sleeping, and he's not sleeping. But he told us a story. He's... So he would write these prayer requests in these journals and keep it. And every time when somebody came and said, Brother, I basically got this prayer request, this is answered, he would say filled and whatever. One of the prayer requests was the salvation of his own brother. And he said for many years, that was just like still there. That was still there in this book. And then one day, many years later, that prayer got answered. The, what I'm trying to tell you is like sometimes there are prayers which are decent, but salvation is in God's heart for His family. So even in our families, right right now, I just feel this very strongly that we have to even go after salvation. Even as a church, I don't know like whose family, you know, how many of you all are saved, not saved, but I feel very strongly, and we will pray with this because I feel that on what God wants. Is because we need salvation in our household. It's funny because today morning there was a picture posted of mine, and it almost looked like I needed to get saved. So I sent the social media guy. I said, "Hey man, this picture makes me feel like I'm going to get saved today." But 30 minutes later, I have to go and preach a message. It's like, so I told him, it's like it looks like the what the reaper is kind of close to overtaking the soul. But that that's the reality of it, right? We basically are coming to that time where suddenly we're just going to start seeing these people who we just prayed for, they're saved. And they're suddenly doing ministry and they're just running after God with a zeal. Because one of the key scriptures this year or given last year in September is this Isaiah twenty two, twenty two. 22. Like I will establish you know, a kingdom. What I open, door I open, no man can close. One of the key things over there is like, the key of authority will I put over his shoulder. But it says that there was a replacing of the God. What most people don't understand is if you have basically, when I said is like, hey, we need to repent of for our faith. If we have faith needs, we need more faith. God is giving us a chance. Because if you don't have faith enough for what you we are going into, God's going to replace people. If they basically said, no, I can go with that old faith. I can basically... Yeah, I can do church. I got this. There's, there'll come a replacing of the God. I, I strongly believe there'll be a replacing of a God where people are just saying, hey, we got this. Worship is a key. That's another thing. Worship is a key because it's building the house of David. House of David is all about prayer and worship. Prayer and worship. So in what we are getting into, this is why we are saying it's like, hey, or I'm saying is repent, come back to God, that fire burn brighter, right? If you've backslidden, if anything in your love is basically cold, you're backslidden. You have to come back to the place where you're saying, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm going all in. I need help with my faith. Luke 22, verse 31, 33. This is where Jesus tells Peter, God, uh, the uh, enemy has asked for you to test your faith. Luke 22, 31 to 33. He says, but I have prayed for you. Can you imagine Jesus, of all the things he said is, I'm going to pray for Peter? Because he said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. So how much more he's prayed for each of you? See, when I, do, So do not feel that that I'm saying is like, hey, your faith is not good enough. But Jesus said that he prayed for you. Will you connect to that and believe in that, that Jesus prayed for me, that's why I'm made whole. By his cross, I I'm am I'm forgiven. And that love that is in my heart is going. But I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. This is your duty, right? I said you have a calling, you have things that you have to do. Is when you have returned, you're going to strengthen your brethren. Till then, I'm basically going to be like, you know, if I make it through life, I'm good. But when you understand the call on your life, the purpose on your life is not just for you to be blessed and just be in a land of milk and honey. You're basically coming to say, Hey, I'm going to repent continuously before God. I'm going to say, God, I need more faith. I need more love. My love has gone cold because I need to strengthen my brethren. That's what Peter was given is like, Hey, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. What if I told you this morning that you're going to go out of here and all this that you think is only for you, you're going to be responsible for this because you have to feed sheep outside. You have to feed your friends, you have to free feed your brethren, you have to feed your family. You have to just say, "Hey, yeah, the love that I've received in my life is this is what for you." See, our commitment level, sometimes we back off on it because we think, I know what he's talking about. I'm good. But what if I just said that I put that extra thing on you and I just said it's like, hey, that's your responsibility. You see, we have walked away, we have shied away. What if we have to repent of that? That, Lord, I have not even really strengthened my brethren. I just cared about me. I was selfish. Think of it. But the goodness of God is over all of this. He prayed for us. You see? You, do you believe in this? Think about it. I, like, I don't need like you know, screaming hallelujahs and all that, but I want you to carry this in your heart. Let this be the rumblings in your heart. Let this be that this year, because this year is where you're, you're really trying to set yourself up for what God has called you, because he has opened a door. The, the servant's name in that Isaiah 22 scripture is called el which means God establishes. Okay, I didn't want to go into that part of it because that's just like a whole totally different thing. But there is a change of God. If you think you have settled down for your life and the comforts of your life and you think that the things of God are irrelevant, I have news for you. God will basically find somebody else. He will find somebody else. I promise you that. Because he, this time is not a time where we're just saying... Oh, we're just going to be, there's still time. It's okay. John, don't go to Juarez. It's too difficult now. Somebody else will go. Yeah, somebody else will go if you don't go. You know? And that's what, we have to basically step up to our place. And that's what God's saying. Our love, his love is basically giving you that open door to step into the things that he has called you to do. No longer that you can say, hey, hey we have a few more days. We have a few more months. No, 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 no. Now is where the laborers arise. Now is where we basically think, in this, in this year, we're basically going to declare. We're going to say what we believe in. Right? We basically called it the year of double pay, right? So double pay means double mouth in that sense, a double anointing on that. We're going to speak and declare what we want it to look like. See, what we have done is we have basically said, I wish, I hope. But when you didn't have the love, really channeling in you, how could you even say that? It felt like crunchy works. You were just talking about crunchy things because it was supposed to fill your life and you thought it was going to make you happy. Oh, yes, my, my treasuries are going to be filled. Again, the treasuries are crunchy stuff because it doesn't have the anointing to build the purposes of God wherever the treasuries need to be used right? So we have to basically get into that. But right now, I just want to go with that as a church. Please stand with me. And we're going to pray for salvations.